from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. You've tuned WIA National News for week commencing January 5, 2014. And a good news story to kick off the year, APRS Rescue. Jenny, Victor Kilo 4, Fox Juliet, Mike Popper and Hunter, the dog, was headed from Singleton, New South Wales, to her home in Kalani, just south of Warwick in Queensland. The vehicle was fitted with a dual-band radio and APRS tracker. Some three hours behind was Bob, VK4 Delta Alpha, also on his way home to Kalani. His vehicle fitted for HF D-Star APRS. About 2pm that day, Bob received a telephone call from Jenny stating that she had rolled her car, was injured and trapped in a vehicle. She further explained that her telephone was damaged in the accident and she could only call the last number dialed on the cell phone. After inquiring about the dog's condition, Bob asked her for her location, nature of injuries and entrapment. Jenny was unable to give her exact location and that she was suffering from a possible broken arm. She also advised the vehicle was on its side, suffered significant panel damage and she was unable to open the doors or break through a window. Bob was able to pinpoint the exact GPS coordinates of Jenny's location. This information passed on to the ambulance and rescue service that were able to reach her without any delay. Jenny was treated at Tenterfield Hospital and collected by Bob on his way through. The dog was transported from the scene by a thoughtful passerby. A happy ending for all concerned. The APRS tracker in a car providing Bob the exact coordinates to relay to the emergency services, reducing the delay in response and possible further injuries. WIA National News and Saturday the 21st of December, Tamworth Amateur Radio Club members assembled Lockie 2, a high altitude balloon for launch at Prema, New South Wales. John Prez, VK2YGU, picks up the story and talks about the payload items for the journey to the edge of space. APRS, having been decated by two separate and independent ground stations, it was deemed okay. Spot being picked up by a satellite system and relayed onto the internet was also tested okay. GoPro camera tested okay. Buzzer tested okay, making lots of noise. High intensity flashing LED was tested okay. A temperature and humidity data logger. A passenger was found by our junior members for the ride into space, being one large spider. And two chemical reaction type hand warmers to keep everything inside the box warm. The balloon was inflated with hydrogen from core gas and attached to the parachute and payload and after a countdown launched for its journey to the edge of space. Following launch, Tamworth Radio Club members and interested spectators could see the balloon with payload slowly getting smaller and smaller then disappear into the blue sky. APRS and spot transmissions were received a few times then nothing. Perhaps spot had passed 20,000 feet where it stops working. On previous balloon launches, it was normal to see spot not work at higher altitudes and then start when it parachuted back to Earth. Spot, according to manufacturer's specifications, does not work above 20,000 feet altitude. The failure of the APRS system was a mystery. Everyone travelled from Prima to the predicted landing area near Malali and waited for spot to transmit when it was close to the ground maybe hear an APRS signal from Lockheed 2. After three hours following Lockheed 2's launch, 
nothing was heard or recorded since just after launch. As the predicted flight time for Lockheed 2 was two and a half hours, it was now time to search for Lockheed 2. Three teams spread out to search for Lockheed 2. A radio system to monitor APRS activity was taken to the top of a very steep 270 metre high peak just south southwest of Mullally. As this peak jumps up out of the flat Liverpool plains, it was a perfect land-based lookout and radio receiving point. It was hoped to be able to maybe see or monitor something from Lockheed 2, but no signals were decoded and nothing could be seen. A visual search via binoculars and the naked eye have collectively searched around 300 square kilometres of land with no results. On Sunday, 26th of December, a Cessna 150 with an APRS system on board was used to look for Lockheed 2. Nothing could be seen and no APRS signals from Lockheed 2 were recorded in the search area. The Tamworth Radio Club, Inc. have now listed Lockheed 2 as lost in space. But, truth be known, it would be laying in someone's backyard as the balloon would have burst at high altitudes and fallen back to Earth. Everyone is now sitting down thinking about what may have gone wrong and what to do next. Did something upset Spot and the APRS? Spot and APRS are two different types of technology operating off very separate systems. Even the power supplies were independent for each system. Did a small fire start? No smoke was seen coming from Lockheed 2 as it ascended into the blue sky. Did the passenger hijack the craft? Has Lockheed 2 been abducted? Tamworth Radio Club members and friends have been trying to piece together a post-mortem, but without any wreckage, it is going to be difficult. Experiments have so far failed to produce a plausible explanation for Lockheed 2's disappearance. Up-to-date information can be found at Tamworth Radio Club's website, www.trci.org.au. Then follow the links to projects. Thanks, John. Victor Kilo 2, Yankee Golf Victor from the Tamworth Radio Club. And you know, you just can't keep good amateurs down. While most of us are recovering from the holiday festivities and enjoying a break during the summer, another group of dedicated amateurs are going to play with balloons. Here's Brendan, VK4HIA, on the Sunshine Coast in VK4. A GPS-enabled Arduino device sending position, altitude and temperature data will be utilised to enable mobile and stationary tracking from crews on the ground. The aim of the first flight is to learn about the technologies and establish a set of core skills that will enable further flights with more adventurous aims such as high-altitude repeaters. Data received from the high-altitude balloon will be uploaded to the tracking website Space Near Us, and anyone is welcome to visit the site and monitor the progress of the flight. For those listeners that also tune in to Q News from VK4, you'll hear much, much more from Brendan, VK4HIA, and the Sunshine Coast balloon activity. Okay, you've been tuning the bands today? Have you heard CQ Kids Day? Well, Kids Day is January 5, and if you hear CQ Kids Day, please reply. Kids Day is an excellent opportunity to showcase amateur radio and amateur radio satellites to youngsters and let them get some hands-on experience. 
The suggested exchange is name, age, location and favourite colour. And you certainly won't miss CQ Kids Day because the majority of the stations do emanate from the USA. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the Northern Territory. And it can be heard on repeaters 146900, 146950, or, and, or frequencies 14.337, 10.1337, 10.193, 3.555. And I am Carl with a K. Call sign Victor Kilo HIL for whiskey. What use is an F call? If you're an amateur, you're licensed. The two go hand in glove. But to listen to what's going on around you doesn't require you to be licensed. There is plenty of fun to be had with just a receiver. You can spend a little time on the internet and find a whole host of radio nets that occur on a regular basis and listen in to the stations that are calling in. You can get it to get your ear. That is, recognise call signs and become familiar with calling patterns. You can use a DX cluster and find reports of stations heard around the globe in real time, or listen to local fire and rescue services, or listen to air or marine bands. Doing this will achieve more than the thrill of hearing something novel. It will help you learn about propagation, about antennas, radio protocols and more. You can learn your Morse today. No need to have an amateur licence to get started with that either. Becoming an amateur doesn't have to begin with a licence. You can start today. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Deep space, sun up. The Sun's magnetic field has undergone a total reversal of its polarity, which marks Solar Cycle 24's midpoint, which is going to be completed in 11 years' time, NASA has revealed. According to NASA, the Sun has flipped upside down, with its north and south poles reversed to reach the Solar Cycle 24's midpoint. Now the magnetic fields have again started moving in opposite directions to finish the 22-year-long process that will end the poles switching their places once again. NASA's Dr Tony Phillips said that a reversal of the Sun's magnetic field is literally a big event. He said that the domain of the Sun's magnetic influence extends billions of kilometres beyond Pluto. Deep Space Fun Cube the FunCube-1 AO73 spacecraft has now been in orbit and fully operational for just over a month. Organisers say they're very happy and very grateful to all the stations who have committed their time and effort into regularly receiving the telemetry and uploading it to their data warehouse. Dave, Golf 4 Delta Papa Zulu, is still busy refining the operation of the warehouse and is promising more features over the next few days and weeks. Further updates to the dashboard are also expected soon. The present low internal temperatures being experienced by the spacecraft, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, are causing some frequency shifting to take place, especially on the uplink frequencies. 
In the United Kingdom, BBC News has produced a special on the long-term survival of shortwave radio. In this audio report, Lucy Burton discusses the future, or lack thereof, of shortwave radio. Burton interviews staff at Radio Romania International and even Glenn Hauser. Those tuned in last week to this, the regular weekly news service produced for the WIA would have heard the audio and story on the closure of Radio Moscow. Shortwave guru Robin Harwood, VK7 Romeo Hotel, is of the understanding that although VOR indeed is closing a lot of shortwave services, they're not leaving shortwave entirely. They're continuing to Australia and Asia in English and Chinese. Thomas Witherspoon, blogger at the SWLing Post and director of the radio charity Ears to Our World, comments on the continued relevancy of shortwave radio in the digital age in the audio report from the BBC. To Japan, the Japanese amateur radio company Tokyo High Power, well known for its high power linear for HF and VHF, has ceased trading. Their laboratory was founded in 1975 by Juliet Alpha 1 Delta Juliet Whiskey near Tokyo, Japan. Their initial products were antenna couplers for HF bands such as the HC500 and HC2500. In 1977, Tokyo High Power Labs were formally established as a developer and manufacturer of linear amplifiers, antenna tuners, etc. for radio amateurs. One of their early products, the HL4000 linear amplifier using 8877 3CX1500A7 by EMAC, was one of the first real HF band high power linears of its kind in Japan. As HF mobile operations grew in popularity, they developed fully transistorized wideband linears for mobile use such as the HL200B and HL400B. In recent years, they developed 3 kilowatt VHF RF power generators together with a fast-reacting auto-impedance matcher used in the semiconductor manufacturing fabrication plants for advanced LSI chips. To New Zealand, RF hysteria. Students denied Wi-Fi. In New Zealand, the Tohoro School Board of Trustees has capitulated to a campaign orchestrated by just two parents. The National Business Review reports that the two have been leading a campaign to remove the wireless networking from the school. Their concerns appear to be centred around the misguided belief that RF emissions from Wi-Fi cause cancer. Despite there being absolutely no evidence for the alleged concerns, the School Board of Trustees has decided to spend money scrapping the existing Wi-Fi in the junior classes and replacing it with Ethernet cable. In the USA, quiet please, the quiet zone, where there is no cell service by law. Within a 13,000 square mile area in West Virginia and Virginia, cell phone transmissions, Wi-Fi and even microwave ovens are restricted by law. Why is this so, one may ask? This is the USA's National Radio Quiet Zone, established in 1958 to protect the National Radio Astronomy Observatory at Greenbank, West Virginia, from harmful interference. But what's it like to live there? Check out the link you'll find in this week's text edition of the WIA Ham News Cast. I'm Richard VK2SKY and you're listening to WIA National News in New South Wales via VK2WI Sydney on most amateur bands from 160 metres through to 23 centimetres and on the 60 metre band on a frequency of 5425 kHz upper sideband. Believe it or not, this story from our weird and wonderful file. In our world of radio communications over the years, maybe the weirdest communication you may have come across is what's known as the numbers station. Many have heard of the Cuban numbers being read by a female, but here in VK, 
Cherry Ripe was the nickname of a mysterious, powerful shortwave number station that used several bars from the English folk song Cherry Ripe as its interval signal. The station was believed to be operated by the British Secret Intelligence Service and to have emanated from Australia. It is likely the station was used to communicate messages to undercover agents operating in other countries to be decoded using a one-time pad. Cherry Ripe had a more famous and much more active Middle Eastern cousin, the Lincolnshire Poacher, which also used several bars from that English folk song. Lincolnshire Poacher had long been suspected as being operated by Britain and had been detected as emanating from Cyprus. Apart from the interval signal, the format and voice of these two stations was identical, though as of July 2008, the Lincolnshire Poacher appeared to no longer be active and December 2009, Cherry Ripe went off air. Somethingelsereviews.com have in their December issue a great story, complete with many recordings of Number Station. Though most governments probably don't want to go on record admitting this, shortwave counting stations were set up to enable one-time communications to a spy embedded in an area. Secret messages are encoded as numbers and are transmitted after a short and sometimes snappy musical preamble via the human voice. Since they probably changed the cipher for each message and because it's nearly impossible to locate the consumer, this message of information broadcast is supposedly highly secure. So why would a person want to listen to this stuff? Well, back in the Cold War period, late 50s, late 70s, you couldn't really tune too far out of band without hearing number stations. Also, as I said, Cherry Ripe was active until almost 2010. And would you believe you can now actually buy a four-CD set of numbers? Again, check out somethingelsereviews.com and I'll leave you with arguably the most infamous numbers racket of them all, the Lincolnshire Poacher. Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On the Sunshine Coast, it's relayed on 146.825 and 146.850 at 9am. I'm Gordon, VK4 VP. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. WIA Summer VHF UHF Field Day 11-12 January. WIA John Moore Field Day Weekend March 15-16.
WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint May 3 10 10 International Summer Contest August 2 and 3 WIA Remembrance Day The RD Contest August 16 and 17 Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest September Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week 9 days from September 28 Special Event Stations DX Beacon Repeater and Net Advice Stewards VK8 NSB SSB repeater on 28700 transmits a beacon picture every 60 minutes. There are 12 pictures in total. Stewart now offers those that receive all 12 pictures in full a special A4 size award. Once you have received all 12 pictures, please email Stewart VK8 NSB at hotmail.com. Include all 12 pictures in JPEG format and Stuart will email you your award. More information can be obtained on stewardsqrz.com webpage. Stuart comments saying that this award is a tough one, as everyone knows 10 metres can sometimes open for very short periods and says that this award is not for those without patience. Good luck. 5P14EHC Danish special event call sign 5P14EHC between January the 1st and the 31st, 2014. This activity is to celebrate Denmark hosting the European Handball Championship for Men event in January. PA0RIS is once again active as 9M2MRS from Penang Island until February 3. His operation will be on 40 through 10 minutes using CW, RITI and PSK. QSL virus home call PA0RIS. Antarctica. RI1 ANR from Nobo Runway until March 2014. Activities on the HF bands with a focus on the low bands. QSL via RK1 PWA. Russian Special Event R0000O. R40s and the letter O symbolising the Olympic rings is on the air in the context of the 2014 Winter Olympic Games and 2014 Paralympic Games. QRV until March 31 in 2014. QSL via UA1OJL LOGW EQSL. Marion Island. Two radio amateurs are part of the overwintering team and will be active on Marion Island now to April 2014. ZS8C Carson, ZR6CWI, and ZS8Z David, ZS1BCE. Modes will be mainly SSB and digital modes in their QSL manager ZS1HF. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Lake Macquarie region, it can be heard on the 146.475 MHz IRLP and Echolink node at midday and 9pm Sundays. I'm John, VK2JJW. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio, Alara. News from Susan, VK3UMM. News that the January Alara newsletter should arrive before January the 12th. And a reminder about the upcoming AGM with details in the nomination form included in the newsletter. She also reminds about a Lara meet in Port Stephens and to visit the website at www.alaramit2014.com for details about this event. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Sortisat 1C SO50, 11 years in orbit. 
Now known as SO50, Saudi Sat-1C is a Saudi Arabian picker satellite that was launched on December the 20th, 2002. SO50 features a Mode J FM amateur repeater operating on a 2 meg uplink and a 440 downlink. Most hams already own the necessary equipment to work SO50, reports longtime AMSAT area coordinator Clint Bradford, K6LCS. It's preferable to work SO50 in true full duplex mode so you can hear the downlink as you transmit. This means, for most of us, using a second radio. SO50's repeater is available to amateurs worldwide and it uses 67Hz PL tone on the uplink. SO50 also has a 10-minute timer that must be armed before use. If you know the satellite is there, but there's nothing being heard, you may need to shoot it a PL tone of 74.4Hz to turn it on. Worldwide Special Interest Groups ILLW Quadruple Lighthouse Activation Club station DL0SY on Germany's northmost Silt Island is to activate four lighthouses in the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend held in August. The lighthouses help navigate early ships around the distinctively shaped coast. It puts Germany in the lead with 32 marine beacons already in the fun event, just ahead of rival Australia that has 30 registrations. Among the Australian registrations is the Virgin Griffith Island Lighthouse at Port Ferry in southwestern Victoria, made by Peter Fraser, VK3ZPF. In other registrations, England has 11, the USA 9, Argentina 6, and Canada, Ireland and Sweden 4. These among 23 countries with a total of 125 registrations so far. To register online for the next International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend in August on the 16th and 17th, visit the website www.illw.net. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Trevor Brinch, ZS1TR, a member of South Africa's Hamnet, their Disaster Communications Division of the South African Radio League, became the main link in a sea rescue drama on the southwest coast of South Africa on Sunday the 22nd of December 2013. Harbour authorities at Struisby reported that they picked up a mayday from a commercial ski boat fishing vessel, Maverick, on 29 MHz. They could not make any further contact with Maverick and they did not know its position. Further information obtained from talking to other boats that picked up the Mayday was that Maverick could have run out of fuel and had been drifting for about five hours. Two hours into the search, broken 29 MHz transmissions were picked up from Maverick but could not be deciphered. Trevor Brinch assisted using his amateur radio equipment and experience in receiving weak signals. He obtained the position of the vessel which had drifted into a shipping lane. The Maverick was finally located and found to have experienced engine failure. Without the SARL Hamnet assistance, this operation would have extended into the night with search planes having to get involved. Well, that's all I have for you. Happy New Year from Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne. The final final and lost in translation. Voice of Russia remains. The end of shortwave broadcast pioneer, the Voice of Russia, VOR, formerly Radio Moscow, that began its transmissions October 29, 1929, seems is not the case according to latest reports. Popular presenters Vasily and Natasha in their 150th Moscow with Love program appeared to announce that the famed broadcaster will stay on shortwave, at least for the time being. 
So, why the confusion? It was announced by RAI Novosti on August 21, Russian government's international radio broadcast service will stop at shortwave broadcast from January 1, 2014. The shortwave service is closing due to funding cuts, Voice of Russia's deputy director said, and that was reported on digit.ru. The report, quoting an industry source, said that after the shortwave service goes off air, only three low-powered medium-wave transmitters will be used to broadcast to other countries. It appeared unusual that such a seemingly historic event was not reported by the voice of Russia itself, that is, until the very recent Vasily and Natasha segment. The millions of listeners around the world were left confused, that is, until the on-air answers were given by Vasily and Natasha to their emails about the changes. The latest VOR schedule includes shortwave broadcasts, although these have been reduced from what was existed previously. You'll be able to hear the audio and read a transcription of that audio when you go to wia.org.au and check out the weekly WIA National News Service. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Oh, we've reached the end of WIA National News. One quick look at the social scene. One event for January, January 24-27 to in VK4. It's the Townsville Amateur Radio Club's Australia Day Long Weekend Family Radio Camp being held at Girl Guides Campsite Blue Water. And don't forget on Australia Day itself, we can use the AX. AX for Australia Day prefix here in VK. Until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.